0: to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, November 6th. 2019. I'm Shannon, and I am here today with Brooke, and we are going to talk about obsession. Brooke, it's been like a long time since you've
1: been on an episode. I know. I tend to come on pretty often, and then all of a sudden I disappeared for a bit because we were on vacation, and then busy, and then... Yes. But you're back.
0: I am. And now we will talk about obsession uh mostly i think thrillery kind of things about obsession although i do have a very creepy like historical novel Uh, i have
1: one historical and i think i have two romantic suspense ish ah yes yes there are some good romantic suspense obsession books
0: so before we dive in i have the usual housekeeping information You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching book Bistro podcast. Mika will be taking over the book Bistro Twitter pretty soon. So if you want to find out what she's up to, you can definitely follow us over there. And I have no idea what she'll be tweeting, but um, it will be interesting because that's how Mika rolls. Um, on Facebook, you can join our listener group and chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. It's a pretty quiet group, but we get some interesting uh, book recs popping through there every now and then. So definitely check that out if you are so inclined. You can always send us an email and that address is the podcast at gmail.com. And if you're looking for us on the Internet, if you want to like go way back in the Book Bistro archives, You can do that at https colon slash slash anchor.fm slash book hyphen bistro. Sometimes I think that address is just way too long.
1: Me too. (laughs)
0: Anyway, uh, do you want to start us off or should I? Sure. Whatever way you would like to go. Well, go ahead. Tell us about your first one.
1: So the first book that I'm going to talk about tonight is The Best Lies by Sarah Liu. And I hope that I said her last name right. So this book is about two friends, Remy and Elise. And these two friends have a bit of a toxic relationship. Um, Remy is from a home where she feels overshadowed by her older brother and she really doesn't feel like she has anyone's support. Elise is from a very, I don't know if it's quite abusive, but not a great family. So together they have created a relationship where they kind of depend on each other and it's not a good dependence on each other. Well, Remy ends up meeting a boy, and his name is Jack. And he gets kind of sadly mixed into this toxic relationship. And at some point, he ends up dead. And we find out that Elise has shot him. So the book is kind of... It starts out with... Um, Remy talking to the police and a lot of it is her trying to remember what happened like she can't totally remember who shot well we know that Elise shot him but we don't know why until near to the end and so you get a lot of the background of their relationship so how everything like how did they meet and how did they become really good friends and how did they become so attached and why is there a relationship not the best relationship? And then we do end up finding what happened. So if you're looking forward to this, it was a great, great book. It's The Best Lies by Sarah Liu. I am on
0: a bit of a fantasy kick right now, but when I um, step away from all things fantastical, I really want to read this because it looks super, super good. All right, so my first pick is a book that I read a few years ago, and this is The Memory Box. The author is Eva Lesko-Natiello, and this is the only book that she has published, although I hear that she's writing a new one, so that makes me happy. But this is about a woman named Caroline, and Caroline is a member of kind of this like upper middle-class community. Um, She is very involved in the lives of her daughters and kind of the way that their school is run. And there is this clique of these sort of suburban moms who don't have a lot of things going on in their lives. And they decide that they want to like dig up dirt on people in town. And so they start Googling people and just like seeing what's going to, you know, what's going to pop up. And oh my Caroline, Caroline is really glad that, like, nothing pops up under her name except, like, some kind of things about some philanthropic act that she and her husband have participated in. But then she starts to wonder, like, what if she Googles her maiden name? Like, what will come up then? So Uh-oh. she does this and, like, bad things come up. Like, she finds an obituary for her sister. And, like, how is this possible? Like her sister is not dead. And so this like really like creeps her out and she doesn't know what to do. And she starts trying to figure out like why these things are on the internet about her sister and her family and just kind of like their, their past. But as she does this, like things start to unravel. And as a reader, you have no idea like who to trust and what's what's happening and there are like some giant twists um in this book that just like really screwed with my mind um and i can't tell you how obsession plays into this because that would be a big spoiler but it it definitely does so if you want to find out how you should check out the memory box and it is by eva lesko natiello
1: I'm going to have to add this to my
0: TBR yes. list if it's
1: not already on it. it yes. It sounds a little bit wild. It's, it's so,
0: so crazy. And I love it so much.
1: <laughs> so the next book that I'm going to talk about is Stolen, A Letter to My Captor by oh. Lucy Christopher. And Shannon actually suggested I check this book out. And I am very excited about it. So this book is about a 16 year old girl named Gemma. And she's, the book starts with her at the Bangkok airport with her parents. And she gets into a bit of an argument with them. So she goes off to cool down. And while having a coffee, a man approaches her and kind of gets talking to her. And at some point he slips something into her drink. And he he takes her away. And it's kind of wild, because he ends up taking her all the way to Australia. And I'm not really sure how this happens. I'm not really I didn't actually look at when this book was published. Because I feel like if this was to happen today, I think it would be very hard to steal somebody and take them that far away. Because we have passports and like, yeah, no, but you and, figure, like, people
0: do it, like, for human trafficking and stuff. So yeah, I guess you can.
1: Yeah, it's true, I guess. I just don't yeah, know how you so would. But... She ends up kind of going in and out, and she doesn't really know what's happening. She kind of has little memories. Um, she kind of remembers changing clothes, and she remembers getting into different vehicles. and But she doesn't remember a lot. So she ends up waking up in a bed. And she really doesn't know where she is. Um, Well, she finds out she's in Australia in a desert. And she is here with a man named Todd. So this book is kind of, it's kind of interesting because you kind of get a feeling for why he's done this. And we learn that he's actually been stalking her for a really long time and we kind of find out why and I'm not really sure how it all happens but she ends up kind of getting a little bit of feelings about him but I can't really tell you what kind of feelings they're gonna get because mm-hmm. um, I might give a bit away but this book was really really good it, I felt it was a little bit long, so I, would, I didn't really give it perfect stars, but I felt at the same time, maybe it needed to be that long. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention that the book is actually written in the form of a letter. So she's written, to get her feelings out about the whole situation, she's written kind of a letter to Ty, kind of talking about all their time together and some of her feelings that she was having. So this book is Stolen, A Letter to My Captor by Lucy Christopher.
0: I have an abduction book, too. So this one is Rust and Stardust by T. Greenwood. And before I go into this book, I want to say that this is sort of the inspiration for the Lolita story. Um, Not this particular book but the story that this book is is about um took place in the 1940s and at the time that these true events were occurring the author of lolita was looking for some kind of really like sensational thing to write about and so he kind of took this idea and wrote lolita um i tried to read lolita once and i i couldn't i I just couldn't deal with it but this one is, like I said, Rust and Stardust. It is by T. Greenwood, who is just a fantastic writer. Um, I love her so much. And this is the story of 11-year-old Sally Horner. And in 1948, she was trying to impress a group of girls. And so she went into a local, like, I don't know, five and dime kind of store. And she stole, and pay attention to what I tell you she stole, a five-cent notebook, like a composition book. And as she's leaving the store, this man grabs her and says, like, hey, you know, I saw you steal this, this notebook, and I am with the FBI, and I'm going to arrest you. And obviously, like, you don't get arrested for stealing a five-cent notebook, right? Especially when you're, like, 11. Like, that just doesn't happen. And not by the FBI, yeah. No, not, not by the FBI. FBI. No. <laughs> so, but she's 11, so she doesn't really know this. And she's very, very alarmed, and she does not want to be arrested. And So this guy makes a deal with her that if she will check in with him periodically, um, he won't, like, turn her in. So she thinks this is like a pretty good deal. And she goes home. Well, the next day, she's supposed to meet him to do their first check-in. And he says, no, like plans have changed. Actually, he has to take her away to Atlantic City to go before a judge. And so he he kidnaps her. He tells her mom this huge story about like who she is or who he is and how it is that, you know, he's going to take her daughter away and for some reasons that are very complicated her mother doesn't really question this too much and sally is in his company for two years he abducts her and like they go kind of on the run together and she has no idea like who he really is and why he has taken her um You know she starts to kind of think that maybe some of the things that he's telling her about like his work for the quote unquote fbi um you know that that's not really true but she doesn't know for sure and you know she's a little girl so she doesn't quite understand like you know what she should do and so for two years they they go pretty much around the country they start off in new jersey and they end up in baltimore and they go to texas and california And it's like all over the place as they're like trying to evade these people who are desperately looking for this lost child. Um, This is a story, you know, it's it's very much based on the true kidnapping of Sally Horner. And I thought that Greenwood did a fantastic job bringing this to life and giving Sally a voice. Um she did extensive research into this that she talks about, like at the end as a really fantastic author's note, but this is just like some of the best historical fiction. It's not an easy read. There's like, you know, a lot of very disturbing things. Cause obviously if you take someone away for two years, um, they're not like leading a fantastic life. Um, but I really, really loved this. And T Greenwood is, is so very amazing. So if you've not checked her out, um, Please do, and this one is Rust and Stardust, and it
1: came out last year. It sounds really good. I actually added this one to my TBR list as well.
0: Yes, it's it's superb.
1: I actually never heard of that case, so I... I didn't either,
0: actually, until this came out last year.
1: Do you know when it happened? It happened in june of 1948 that's probably why i haven't heard of it because it wasn't something recent so i guess it's not something that comes up too often no like it you know
0: someone wrote a book uh called the real lolita that is an actual like true account of um of sally horner and kind of how that happened um but I really thought that this like fictionalized account um, was was just so
1: well done. Yes. So the next book, so the next book that I'm going to talk about tonight is The Obsession by Nora Roberts. Oh, and of course, yes. You have to have a Nora Roberts book when you are talking about obsession because she's got a topic. She's got a book about every topic, I think. Actually, you've got
0: two, don't you? Because you have like a JD yes, Robb as well
1: yes I do see she's well represented
0: yes I know
1: I and they're very different so that's what I'm excited about too so this book is about a woman named Natalie and back when she was I think she was 12 she discovered that her father was a serial killer and he or at least a killer I'm not totally sure if it was a serial killer. But she it ends up was finding. A serial killer. Yeah, I can't totally remember. But um especially when you're reading obsession books, there's so many killers and serial killers. It gets yes. a little mixed up. <laughs> so um Natalie finds out that her like discovers that her father's a serial killer and she finds a woman or a girl in a like sh- kind of a uh, I don't know a dark dungeon or deep hole or basement or something like um, and she discovers the woman and she saves her and she also finds pictures and stuff of what her father's been up to so this we kind of fast forward and and she's now an adult and she's really been trying to deal with these problems that she kind of that kind of came out of discovering that your father is a serial killer I'm sure it's pretty uh traumatizing and Natalie is now a photographer and she moves to a small town um and buys a house on the on the on the water and while she's renovating it, she meets a, meets a man, because, you know, it's Nora Roberts, so you, you got to meet a man. Yes, yes you do. And so she meets a man, and I'm pretty sure his name is Zach. And they develop a relationship. And while this is happening, a woman is, um, like, there's these people are being, um, like, crimes are happening that um, are the similar to what happened when her father was active. And one of the women that is take like goes missing. Um, um, she's actually a woman that Natalie had had a argument with or a altercation with the night before. So that's how she kind of gets pulled into this whole situation. And, It was a really good book, like the the relationship between Zach and Natalie and how they kind of develop and how he's trying to help her get over her, not get over, but kind of to deal with her traumatic past and how she's kind of dealing with it. It's a really interesting read and it's The Obsession and it's by our favorite, Nora Roberts.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It's not, like, one of my, like, top, you know, favorites by her, but I did really, really like it. Okay, so my next pick is very, very dark and twisted and fantastic. So this is Our Kind of Cruelty by Araminta Hall. And if you don't want to read about, like, stalkers and mental illness and like kind of the darkest side of obsession, you'll want to skip this. So this is told completely from the perspective of a man named Mike. And Mike had a really, really terrible childhood. Um, You don't get huge amounts of details about this, but you know that his early life um, was not great. He ended up in foster care and just never really felt like he fit in anywhere. But then as an adult, he meets a woman named Verity and together like he and Verity are just like this perfect couple and he has made it his life's mission to like be exactly the kind of man that Verity wants him to be. But Verity is playing a game with him. And Verity has broken up with him. And Verity is even pretending that she's going to marry another man. Now, none of this is real. Mike knows this. It's all part of this very elaborate game that he and Verity have played since the beginning of their relationship. And he knows... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And he knows that eventually Verity will like give him a clue for like what he is supposed to do and how he's supposed to, like, sweep in and, like, save the day. Um, so as I'm telling you this, like, a lot of this is, like, in, you know, pretty, like, uh, emphatic quotation marks because, like, this is all, like, what he thinks. But, like, is it real? You, you don't know. Um, you're pretty sure. As you're reading, that Mike has some very serious, like, mental illness going on. Um, but you don't really know. This is just like very, very twisty and dark. It's a little bit like um, You by Carolyn Ketnis, although I could never read You. I, I've tried like three times and I, I can't. Um, But there was something about the way this book was written that just makes it like really, really compelling. Um, She manages to get into the mind of this very disturbed individual and just bring him to life so vividly. Um, So if you want to be like really creeped out, you should check this out. It is Our Kind of Cruelty and it is by Araminta Hall.
1: book's on my TBR and I've definitely raised it because
0: you oh, mentioned
1: it and I, I reread the uh, synopsis and I'm like, yeah, I need to yeah, read this at some it's, point.
0: It's so, so good, but so very creepy. And I guess like what makes it even creepier is that, like, you know that there are people who like go through life thinking these things and like acting on
1: them and you know yeah. that
0: it's not like, it's not right. It's not good. <laughs>
1: No, I think that's the creepiest part about a lot of these books, is you know that it can happen. Yes. And I think that's what makes Obsession so interesting to read, but also so scary to think about. It is true. So the next book that I'm going to talk about is extra creepy as well, and it is The Doll Factory by Elizabeth McNeil.
0: Oh, and this yes.
1: book is about a woman named Iris, and it takes place in Victorian London. So it's like a Gothic, um, historical kind of fiction. I guess it's kind fiction, of like fiction. Um,
0: like what Laura Purcell writes, like that kind of. Yes.
1: Yes. Very. Okay. very much so. Okay. Um. So. It's a bit of, as I said, it's about a woman named Iris, and her and her twin sister, Rose, they work in a doll factory, and they paint the faces of dolls. So Iris wants, she wants more from her life, and she ends up meeting a man who's an artist, and I can't remember, oh, his name is Louis Frost, or Louis Frost, I'm not totally sure how to say it. And he's an up-and-coming artist, and uh, he asks her if she will model for him because he thinks she's very good-looking, and it's she really fits this look that he's looking for for his art that his art piece that he's currently working on. Um, Iris isn't really sure she wants to do this, but she ends up agreeing to it, but asks that as a part of her payment that he teaches her how to paint. Cause as I said, she wants, she wants more from her life. She doesn't feel that painting dolls is all she wants. So her and Lewis or whatever, however you say his name, um, they develop a relationship and they become really close. Well, one day they go to a an art exhibit. It's called the Great I think it's called the Great Exped, expedition exhibition. Sorry, I can't say that word. So it's the Great Exhibition and it's being put together in I think it's called Hyde Park. And yes. um it's like a famous I, I, as far as I understand, it's actually a real famous ex like thing from back in the past and while she's at this exhibition if i can say this word i keep wanting to say expedition that's fine well no so that would be a different it's,
0: thing <laughs> that's like if she wants to be an explorer
1: <laughs> exactly so she wants to be an artist not an explorer so while at this exhibition there's this fleeting meeting between her and this man named silas so for her, it's kind of a blink and he's gone. But for him, it becomes an obsession. He sees Iris and he decides that he wants her to be his. And in his mind, she wants to be his as well. So she has this whole... <laughs> Sorry. So the book, it becomes really dark because you you get into his head and what he's thinking... And he's a creepy, creepy dude. He's actually a taxonomist. So he gets dead animals and he puts them into different, um, he like stuffs them and stuff like that. And he's decided that, as I said, Iris is going to be his. So he sets upon this mission to get her. So this book is called The Doll Factory. And it's by Elizabeth McNeil. Yeah, I need to read this. Very dark, creepy, creepy book. (laughs) Some
0: of the best ones are like that. So, my next pick is by an author who has been kind of hit and miss for me. Um, Her name is Mary Kubica, and she has written four or five, five novels now, six, I can't remember. Um, And some of them I've really liked. And some of them have just like really made me angry. But this is one that I really like. So this is Pretty Baby. And this is actually my favorite of her books. And I keep reading her in hopes that she will once again, like create something as phenomenal as Pretty Baby. So it just kind of keeps me coming back. So this is the story of Heidi. And Heidi lives with her husband and their daughter. And she's always kind of thought of herself as like a kind charitable person, like not in a weird, like show off kind of way, but just, you know, she tries to help people and and be a decent human being kind of, you know, as you probably should. But sometimes things go a little too far. um, Like what I'm about to tell you. So she is driving home and she sees a young, like teenage girl standing like waiting for a train and it's pretty obvious to her that like this girl's not in a good situation or she looks like she might be homeless and she's not dressed well you know the weather is, is getting kind of cold but the girl gets on a train and she's gone but a couple days later Heidi sees her again and she feels like she has to step in and try to help her. So this girl's name is Willow and she invites Willow who has a four month old baby with her um, to come home with her. And her husband and her daughter are sort of horrified by this because like, you know, you don't know who this person is. And what if like they kill you in your sleep? You know, it's no good. You don't want to have a stranger in your house. But Heidi says that, you know, she really wants to, you know, to, to do this. And she gets pretty enmeshed in Willow's life. Like she tries to you know help her get on her feet um, and, you know, hopefully like start a new life for herself. But things get very, very complex. And Willow's story is kind of creepy and disturbing. And Heidi just gets way too caught up in all of this. And she would like to kind of make Willow and this child a very permanent part of her life and her family. And as you might imagine, this doesn't go over very well. So this is a very, very fast paced novel. Like once you start reading it, you won't want to put it down. So it once again is Pretty Baby and it is by Mary
1: Kubica. So the next book that I'm going to talk about is I'm Watching You, Richmond Novels Number 1 by Mary Burton. And this is actually a series of three novels, but I'm going to talk about the first one, which, as I said, is called I'm Watching You. So this book is about a woman named Lindsay, and Lindsay, has had a bit of a rough life. Um, her mom and her mom was abused by her father, and then at some point killed by her father. And Lindsay came across her mother's body when oh. she was seventeen years old. So Lindsay has been dealing with this trauma, and part of her dealing is that she. Works at a it's called the sanctuary, and it's a home. It's like a shelter for abused and battered women. And this, but working at this shelter, it's really helped her to come—not really come to terms, but to really be able to deal with her her uh, childhood trauma, but also to deal with her like the breakup of her short marriage. Um, while this is happening. Um, she learns that she's got a guardian. Um, she learns this by, first, there's a dead body ends up in the backyard of the sanctuary. But then later that day, she gets a delivery of flowers. And underneath the flowers, so you think, oh, great, delivery of flowers, who, who, that's awesome. But not really, because underneath this delivery of flowers, is the left hand of the man who was killed and this man is actually the way that he kind of um, is associated with Lindsay is that he is an abusive husband of a woman that she had talked to in the past and she was not able to convince this wife to leave her husband. He's actually a prominent uh defense lawyer um and as the book goes on, this guardian so called guardian if we'll call him a so called girl so called guardian he ends up killing a couple more people, um, not people, but men who are abusive um husbands, and they are husbands that are, um, have been abusive to women that are in the shelter. And he also goes after people that have been bad, have not been good to Lindsay. So the police officer that ends up taking on the case, of course, ends up being her ex-husband. And while the book is going on they end up kind of developing a relationship again and they're kind of working through their problems and meanwhile they're trying to protect Lindsay he's trying to protect Lindsay from this killer but also to give her her like be able to let her live her life Um, so this book is called I'm Watching You Richmond Novels number one And it's by Mary Burton, and it was really good. And if you read the other two books, they're actually based on obsession as well, in a way.
0: So lots of obsession. Really
1: good series. It was a really good series for this. uh, um, This episode.
0: Mary Burton is fantastic. Like, not only does she write some really creepy villains, but she has some very nice, like, second chance romances. Um, and I don't always like that. Like, I don't always like, you know, people were involved in the past or something that happened yeah, you break up and then they like want to get back together. I don't always love that, but she does it really, really well.
1: It's really funny because I didn't actually realize until this moment what you were talking about until you said, because in the past, you've talked about second chance romances. And yes. I never really clued into what that meant until oh. this moment. So you yep. just helped me clear up my interest into what is a second chance romance. <laughs> it's a very
0: uh, prominent trope in romance landia, and sometimes it's done very well, like in the case of Mary Burton. And sometimes not so it's well. not great. <laughs> um, it's not well. I guess what I'll say is it's not my like my favorite type of romance. But right. as I said, Mary Burton does it really well. And I don't think I want a guardian quite like that one. So, yeah.
1: no, just but you just gotta saying. read the book because you gotta discover God, who the guardian is because it's a pretty yeah. interesting, it was a pretty interesting part of events because it's not what you would expect.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to read this. Yeah. So, my next pick uh, really, really creeped me out when I started reading it because. It's one of these books that like looks at social media and kind of how people can use it in not great ways so this is copycat and it is by alex lake and it's about a woman named sarah and someone tells sarah that there are two like she has two facebook profiles only she knows that like she only has one. So she looks up her name on Facebook and it's true. She has two Facebook profiles. One is like one that she knows, like it's actually hers. But then there's another one. Uh. And it also seems to be hers. Only she knows that like she didn't, you know, make two. But they're like these very disturbing pictures of like her remodeled kitchen. And a dinner that she went to with like a group of her friends and some pictures of her children. And like, how is this happening? People, you know, who has all this access to like things in her life, that they can just like make another Facebook profile for her and have it be completely accurate. So she accepts herself as a friend on Facebook and she's trying to figure out like who is doing this, but of course she has no idea. But now that she's discovered this second Facebook profile, the person who's responsible is sort of like amping up their name. So once she's discovered it, you know, now they know like they have her attention and they can really start to like mess around with her and they do like all sorts of things. Like they order things in her name, like online and have things like sent to her house that like she didn't order and they just like do all these things and she's trying to convince people that, you know, someone is stalking her. But of course, no one believes this because everything's like in her name and it's all you know very, very crazy. Um, and so it just kind of you know keeps building up from there and it gets like very, very dangerous and very twisted. Um, and I, I really liked it. It was the first book that I read by Alex Lake and it was just really, really well done. If you're just looking for like a fast, thriller with like lots of like twists and, and good action um i really do recommend this so it is copycat
1: and it's by alex lake it sounds really good it is very it good scary at the same time yeah she's
0: got i think it's a she maybe it's not i don't know they have um five novels now and they all look like super good. I think Natalia read um, most of them. And I think she really, really likes her or them or whoever they are.
1: So the next book that I'm going to talk about is The Arrangement by Ooh. Robin Harding. And this book was really kind of, I don't know, um, <laughs> out there. It was very out there. (laughs) (laughs) So so this book is about a woman named Natalie. And Natalie is an art student and she's got money problems. Well, one day her friend suggests that she should consider looking into being um, an escort and that she should try to get a sugar daddy. Um, She learns that she really wouldn't have to do anything she didn't want to do. So all she really has to do is look pretty and kind of hang on every word, their every word. So she's like, Hey, I think I can do this. So she ends up signing up to do this and she meets a man named Gabe. And Gabe is about 30 years older than her. And they develop a relationship. And she falls in love with him. But the problem is, Gabe has a family. And Gabe is not not ready and not willing to give up his family. So he ends up splitting with Natalie. And Natalie, she doesn't take this very well. And she ends up stalking. Really? That's really all the only way you can describe it. She ends up stalking um, Gabe and his family. Um, For example, he, she becomes friends with his daughter. So one day Gabe comes home and his daughter's having a party and I can't remember, I think it was her birthday and um, she has her friends over and guess what? One of her (laughs) friends is Natalie. So Gabe walks out and there's his sugar baby um, hanging out with his daughter. So this book is pretty wild. And at some point, somebody ends up dead. And I'm not going to tell you who or why. Um, you'll have to read it. It's The Arrangement. And it's by Robin Harding. And it was so good
0: it was really good. It's like one of those things that's like over the top, like, you know, you can't fully believe like all these things, but it's just sort of fun to go with it. It could happen. It could. But At
1: the same time, it could totally happen. It wasn't wasn't out there to the point where you're like, sure, sure.
0: No, but it was like, you know, you could just sort of suspend like any kind of questions that you have about these things. You're just like, okay, like, that's cool. Like I can, I can hang out with this. So, yes, it is very, very good. All right. So my next pick is a standalone novel from author Michael Robotham. And this is The Secrets She Keeps. And I first started reading Robotham because of his um, Joe Lachlan series, which is now over. um, And that's like kind of devastating to me. But that's a topic for another episode, I guess. I, I can't like get into all my devastation right now. But anyway, so he wrote a standalone a couple of years ago and it was phenomenal. So, this is the story of Agatha. And Agatha's kind of working a dead end job. Um, she has kind of an absentee boyfriend. She keeps hoping that he'll come back to her. Um, but He's not really around, and maybe he won't be again. You don't really know. And Agatha is also pregnant. And she's thinking, like, this is, this is okay. You know, maybe it will kind of give some purpose to her life and kind of help, you know, heal her, her broken heart. But Agatha has a lot of problems. And you learn kind of more about these problems as the story goes on. But then you learn that Agatha has been fascinated by this woman named Megan for like a few years now. And Megan lives what Agatha thinks of as the perfect life. She has a gorgeous husband and she has two kids and a a nice house and she writes this really successful internet blog. And then you find out that Megan is also pregnant. And so Agatha kind of wants the two of them to bond over their, their shared pregnancies. And so she strikes up a conversation with Megan one afternoon in the grocery store where Agatha works. And this changes both their lives in all kinds of just unspeakable ways. Um, This is one of those books where you kind of have, an idea like where things are going but there's no possible way that you like imagine you know everything that he has planned for you it's just a very very fast-paced like twisty action-packed book that I, I loved so so much so this is once again The Secrets She Keeps by Michael
1: Robotham i just realized that i read this book did you i totally yeah i didn't realize when you first like when you talked about the title Uh and you said his name i didn't i didn't recognize it but then you mentioned the joe oh yeah um i can't remember his last name um that series i remember reading that and then i they were so good and yes. then I then you mentioned and they start talking about Agatha and I'm like, oh my god, I read this book. And I read this. So loud there. Yes. But so good.
0: Do you yeah. have one more?
1: Um yes, I do. Okay. I actually do. Um, I have I one so more as well. That I couldn't I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to think of the sixth book, but then <sighs> I read it and then I thought of this book and i'm like oh my god we have to have seven there are seven because you really can't not add this book in no so i know so now we've got seven i went from not thinking i could get six to seven so this book is obsession and death in death number 40 yes i Yes. i know 40 40. (laughs) Uh, by jd robb and as an aside It's not actually the 40th book. She's also got tons of uh, novellas in there. So this is like book, like, I don't even know. But yeah, so this is book officially books 40. So this book is for anybody who doesn't know the series. um, The series is about a woman named Eve Dallas and her friends, and her husband, her husband's name is Rourke, uh, Rourke. and her friends, um, well, the main ones that you'll see are Peabody, um, McNabb, um, Feeney, Mavis, and they're all, they're all kind of a interesting bunch, and Eve Dallas is a police officer, and she works for the New York Security. I always get it wrong. It has it's like a New weird New name. Police and security. I think it's. I think it's New York Police and Security Department. I think that's. I think that's right. Um, I might have got police and security mixed up, but it's it's pretty much that name. So they work for that. Her and Peabody and McNab and Feeny. So Feeny and McNab. They're part of the electronics. So the computer section. And Eve and Peabody, they're um partners. They don't start out as partners, but they kind of work their way up to be partners. And they work in a homicide division. And this book is about Eve Dallas. And she for the most part it's kind of focused around Eve. And she gets a letter and does she, does she have a letter? One sec. Um, So this book is focused around Eve Dallas, and somebody has an obsession, Um, they're obsessed with her, and this is how we figure this out. So she's called to a crime scene, and the crime scene is a lawyer that she has previously kind of had a conflict, had words with, and had a rough time with. And on the wall is written kind of like a little poem about how the lawyer's no longer going to cause her any problems. And it's signed Lady Justice. And so Lady Justice is the person that is obsessed with her. So this book is about her and Peabody and their friends trying to solve the mystery of who is Lady Justice, and before they're able to do this, she ends up killing a few more people, and each person is actually got some sort of relationship to Eve. So like, for example, the second person that is killed, he is, he's like a drug, um, drug dealer, and in the past, in one of the past books, he had a bit of a scuffle with her, and he ends up like hitting her in the head with a a pool cube and I guess oh, that, that was enough yeah it was and I guess that was enough to uh, get him on the hit list for lady justice, so they must um, even her friends must discover who lady justice is. And it's a pretty um, interesting conclusion. So this book is Obsession and Death in Death number 40. And it's by J.D. Robb or Nora Roberts, as she is also called. Yes.
0: So what's interesting to me about this series is that like each mystery stands really well on its own. It does. Um, And you could theoretically, I suppose, like dive in here. Like you would understand, you know, the mystery and you would, you know, see things kind of wrap up.
1: You just wouldn't see the relationship part between each of the players. Right. And you wouldn't understand
0: some of the like intricacies of like people's pasts. Exactly. Exactly. I also really love kind of the near future setting of these. Like they start. Do I like, love?
1: Yeah, they start in like the 90s. So she started writing this. Um, if I'm not incorrect, the first book, I thought it was like 96 or 97. Yeah, 95, a, I think. And a lot of the things that they talk about. So they have like watches that you can get, like it talks to you and you can get the phone call, which is really exciting. Because I actually have an Apple watch, and I can do everything <laughs> yes. that Eve can do with her watch. Or they have, like, um, tablets. And this was before we ever got tablets.
0: Right, like, there weren't, like, iPads in, like, 1995.
1: No, or, like, um, phones that you could use, like, Skype. Like or computers um, and, yeah. Or computers that you could tell it what to do. Like yes, now it like talks I'm able back to, to you. say, or even like um, our tab, like my iPad, I can say, Hey Siri, do this. And that's right. pretty much like um, Eve can to her computer. And I just thought it was, I thought it was wild that she had written all these things and they've come to be.
0: All right. So my last pick, I started this episode with the memory box and I'm going to end this episode with the memory watcher. <laughs> and this is by Minka Kent. And this was the first book that I read by her. And she writes these very, very short thrillers. And I'm never sure, like, when I see the length, I'm like, how is this good? Like, I'm just going to, like, just get involved in this and it's going to be over. It's going to make me really mad. I don't really like short books. But she does it really, really well. And I have started, you know, I'm still a little, little concerned when I see the length, like, you know, 220 pages or something. I'm like, no way, it's too short. But I've started to trust her now and know that, you know, all these 220 pages are going to be like packed full of of greatness. So this is the story of Autumn. And several years before the story starts, Autumn had a child and she couldn't keep her baby. So she gave, you know, she put her child up for adoption and she felt, you know, like kind of mixed emotions about this. But she was always convinced that, you know, her son had a good home. So years go by and she doesn't know, like, I don't get the impression they have like a super like open adoption where, you know, she's in, in their lives, but she knows like who his adopted parents are. And one day she finds the adopted mother on social media. It's another one of these like social media things uh, where social media is kind of a, a bad thing for some people. So she finds the these family who adopted her son and she starts like watching them on social media. Like she uses social media to kind of stalk them. And at first she thinks like, oh, you know, she's just like looking at pictures, you know, it's it's fine. But then it starts to get a little obsessive. And then one day this profile for the adopted mom, whose name is Grace, is gone. And Autumn does not like this, so she like comes to their house and says like she wants to be their like the nanny to their kids, and she like, okay. basically like puts herself into their lives so that she can like figure out you know what 's going on and like actually be a part of her son 's life in kind of a like creepy, underhanded way, um, and all kinds of things you know as you might imagine, like go wrong with this. But I'm not going to tell you what they are or how they go wrong. Um, so you'll have to read it if you want to know. I really, really liked it. It is The Memory Watcher by Ninka Kent.
1: I'll have to look that one up because I've never heard that author. Oh, but she has so. That book
0: sounds creepy, creepy, creepy. She has so many that are good. She wrote The Stillwater Girls earlier this year, um, oh, The Finished Air. On my list. Yeah, The Thinnest Air, I really like. There's just a lot of them that are are super oh, cool. great. I'll have, to,
1: I'll have to check her out. I think I have yes. the Stillwater Girls on my list of books to read.
0: Yes, it's very, very good. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our rather obsessive episode. What did I tell you yesterday? It was going to be like a delightful – or earlier today, it was a delightfully obsessive episode <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Thanks to Brooke for coming on and chatting with me about all kinds of books about obsession. Um, As always, thanks to Christine for her fantastic editing and thank you so much to all of you who listen to all of these episodes and join us sort of vicariously in our um, bookish lives. if you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness, and some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books.